the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Two great uh, guests today. We'll talk with John Schlafly, and I have to tell you, I'm actually out traveling today, so I'm recording this a little bit earlier, and I already recorded that interview with John. I'm also going to replay the great interview with Pastor uh, Bob Jeffress, Robert Jeffress uh, from uh, Dallas, a great guy, whose uh, who's, uh, programming uh, also appears, by the way, on the Answer San Diego sister station, uh, um, so you should check him out. He's wonderful, and it'll be it, the interview uh, was from yesterday. Got such a big response from folks uh, that I thought play it again. So uh, thank you for tuning in again. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for the Daily Wink, what you need to know. Today's Daily Wink, uh, I think you'll enjoy this one. It's our pro-life version because today uh, I was it was supposed to be the National uh, March for Life. Uh, it was it has been postponed because of the COVID and the security and all the nonsense. Uh, uh, I think uh, not, I'm not blaming the National March, uh, the March for Life folks. I think they needed to make a smart decision, but a lot of people, thousands of people would be marching in Washington today to uh, mark the terrible anniversary uh, from a few days ago of Roe v. Wade. So I want to talk about these two issues and uh, highlight them. And again, point you to ProAmericaReport.com to sign up. All right. Uh, Today's What You Need to Know is when we're talking about pro-life, you know, we're in, we're in an era now where a lot of the conservatives are in the, uh, in the, um, in the uh, uh, minority, right? At least in terms of the ruling class, um, in terms of the uh, you know control of the of, of the executive, which seems to dominate things. Obviously, you can see that. Um, and in fact, what a terrible disservice! And this is the reason too to highlight it is uh, Joe Biden announced that he is reversing the Mexico City protocol. The Mexico City protocol is something that's existed for I think back to Reagan, where we basically say the Hyde Amendment, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about. The Hyde Amendment says the Hyde Amendment, which is on all our. Pro- Appropriation says no tax dollars should go to abortion. American tax dollars shouldn't go to abortion in America. Well, somehow that has been a read that uh, over the years, Obama, Clinton, others have distributed money to groups overseas to advocate for abortion and therefore to provide abortion. At least that's the argument. Um, so over the years, it was Reagan that did it first. And then every Republican has done as soon as they get in office, they do an executive order saying we won't send money to organizations that promote or do abortions overseas. And then Biden comes in and even more even sicker. Biden, who says he's pro-life, says he's a great Christian. I think he says he's Catholic. He goes to to mass. He, he signs that Mexico City uh, protocol right around when people are marking the March for Life. I mean, twisted stuff, Twi- uh, unhealthy, twisted stuff, just twisted. And when I say twisted, I mean twisting the knife. Because a lot of pro-lifers are devastated that we don't have the most pro-life president in a second term. That's what Donald Trump was. But so let me so let me not be you know one of our one of my great um, listeners uh, to my uh, Periscope, which is at Eagle Ed Martin, uh, keeps encouraging me through direct messages to don't be so negative. Give us hope. Give us hope. Give us hope. And I want to do that. So let me give you two bits of hope. 
One, uh, Congressman Jim Banks, who I mentioned yesterday, and his team has introduced uh, a, a provision, introduced a law to protect the Hyde Amendment. 199 colleagues in, this, in the House have signed up to the Republican Study Committee's effort, draft language, a letter, excuse me, a letter to Nancy Pelosi saying, please don't uh, gut the Hyde Amendment. Don't weaken the Hyde Amendment. That's another thing they're doing. So I'll put it up on social media. But when you're in opposition, you have to find the ways to frame the issues and and succeed not only if you can in blocking bad things or even passing good things if you can find common ground but also in framing the issues and so i want to encourage you to go and check out uh, at rep jim banks at rep jim banks on twitter and at republican study on twitter and keep an eye on these folks because they're framing the issues in ways that are convincing to the public, which is important, but also to their colleagues. Because over time, just like I've talked to the narrative machine is meant to uh, change how you relate to issues. You know, the narrative machine is the big tech plus fake news media plus the left in power. Those three, it's not just spin from the media. It's not just spin from a politician. It's those three in in cahoots. And the narrative machine is trying to change how we see things and change the truth and and mislead us. Well, and, 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 and what I told you is it doesn't do it in one fell swoop there's not a lot of knockouts in politics or life but there are a lot of body blows and over time when you get a body blow you move away from the body blow and here's my point legislators are human too i know it doesn't seem likely sometimes but the men and women in congress they're human too and over time even if they're conservative the body blows start to move them towards a more moderate position and guys like jim banks congressman jim banks of indiana and the republican study committee are in position to again not only make the uh, important legislative arguments but frame the issues in ways that people understand and relate to them and and therefore you succeed more and hold people and, 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 and encourage people to get stronger and build. It's very important. So check that out. That's one thing I want on, on, on today because the Hyde Amendment, again, protects us from having our tax dollars spent for abortion. It's been around for decades and decades. For almost all of his political life, Joe Biden supported the Hyde Amendment, didn't want tax dollars spent on abortion until about 20 months ago, when in order to get the nomination in the far left, now absolutely 100% pro-abortion Democrat Party, he had to change his position. It's pathetic and sad, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, politicians who change their positions and are pathetic and sad, to me, is not a distinguishing characteristic. It's just a sign, usually, of ambition. All right, one more quick one. Guy that just won re-election, uh, uh, Senator uh, Daines, Senator Steve Daines of Montana, a guy I like very much. He actually put out a piece yesterday, and he hammered away on the pro-abortion uh, executive uh, orders of Joe Biden. I thought this was very helpful. The Mexico City policy is one, and that was a big one. Also, the Title X uh, Protect Life rule, which was gutted. Now, it, this is the thing I want to tell you, and again, why it's so important. You would think over these many, many decades, that you would have a pro-life caucus in the United States Senate. Why not? You've had some of these great fearless pro-life guys. I mean, Senator Grassley's pro-life, Senator Cruz, all over the decades, you had people that really, really fought for pro-life. But they never had that caucus. And so about two years ago, a, a young staff guy who's a really sharp guy and, and a fr- friend of mine, I guess we can say now, um, contacted me and said, you know, we've, we're going to have, um, I think he used to work, I know he did, he used to work for Senator Roy Blunt, my home state senator. That's maybe how I knew uh, Andrew. But he said, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and do something. We're going we're gonna to start a caucus. And the caucus is going to be 
for pro-life. Andrew Guernsey is his name. He also lives in Northern Virginia. I see him. Lovely, lovely family and a great guy. Well, Andrew said, we're going to start this call because I said, doesn't that already exist? And he said, no, it doesn't. And he said, we're going to start it. He's, I'm going to be the staff guy on it. I'm going, we're going to make this thing work. And I have to say, again, Steve Daines is leading on it, but also you, you, you can't underestimate the impact of a sitting United States senator starting that caucus. Senator, so congratulations. Thank you for doing that. I've talked about it before. But also um, doing these kinds of statements and and uh, poking the bear that is the federal government and being aware of it, it's a huge service. And just as the Democrat Party has gotten pathetically pro-abortion, and we should name that, the Republican Party has become more and more pro-life and more and more clever about how they do it. And so thank you to Senator Steve Daines, his staff and others for doing that. And these are two examples, Congressman Banks in the House and, and Senator Daines in the Senate fighting for pro-life. All right, guys, I got to take a break. Before we come back, we'll talk with John Schlafly and then uh, Pastor uh, Bob Jeffers. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's time to check in with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, is the author of the Schlafly Report, co-author with his brother, uh, Andy Schlafly. The Schlafly Report is over on townhall.com each week, Tuesday night at post, and is available also as in the archives at phyllisschlafly.com. John Schlafly is an attorney with an advanced degree in tax and also has been a uh, part of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles organization for, well, probably almost 50 years, uh, working with his late mother, Phyllis Schlafly. John, the column this week is called Foolish Impeachment Strengthens Trump. Now, the the news, uh, even maybe since this happened, since the column posted, actually it wasn't within the column, is that 45 Senate Republicans uh, voted to try to um, uh, to try to throw it out as unconstitutional, which means he's not going to be convicted of the impeachment. Uh, John, what's your sense? Will they go forward with a trial, knowing it's going to not be successful? Will they allow uh, President Trump's lawyer to present arguments and uh, uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you think is next now that this sort of fact came out that there's not really support in the in the Senate from Republicans? Well, Ed, uh, actually, when uh, uh, Andy and I were putting the column together, we uh, predicted that uh, the impeachment would be subject to a mo- motion to dismiss on the grounds that it's unconstitutional to uh, try someone who's no longer in office. And sure enough, uh, just before we filed it, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Senator Rand Paul offered a motion to dismiss the impeachment, uh, and uh, 45 senators voted for it. So uh, that wasn't quite enough to stop the whole proceedings, but it's enough to show that they're wasting their time. And uh, so some of the Democrats are already talking about falling back to Plan B by forgetting about the impeachment and just trying to censure Donald Trump. Uh, uh, But, you know, the Congress has no business censuring a private citizen either. So I don't think that's really a viable solution. Really, you know, Ed, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that the Democrats... You know, what's the term when you can't live with somebody and you can't live without somebody? I think there's a psychological term for that. 
And, and that's a the way they are. With is, a, is, that, is, is that codependency? Or I don't know, uh, John. That I, might, I don't want to start. That might be it. I'm, I'm uh, maybe a little rusty on, on my psychobabble, and, but uh, it's something <laughs> like that. Because And that's why they're keeping the, the troops in Washington, too. Uh, you know, they still have 10,000 uh, troops. And, uh, and why are they there? There's no uprising, no insurrection. There's no disorder, at least in front of the Capitol. Now, of course, there's uh, the crime in the neighborhoods has is off the charts, and yet they're keeping those troops uh, who have no apparent purpose other than to, in principle, you know, in theory, they are to protect the impeachment from being overrun by Trump supporters. And, of course, that's not going to happen. But the whole thing is uh, show. It's all for show. There's a term, Ed, that that was used back in the days of Stalin and the communists in the Soviet Union. It was called a show trial. Uh, Mm -hmm. Completely lacking in any semblance of due process. And yet the purpose of the so-called trial was to impress upon the the you know those people that the communists were in charge and there's nothing that anybody can do about it and so you better play along and um, so that's what we're having it's a show trial of trump supporters uh and what they're trying to do let me let me ask you yeah relegate all trump supporters as uh well you pick your epithet whether it's you know, insurrection, seditious, seditious, yeah, seditious, seditious, or any yeah. of these terms. Yeah, uh, we're talking with John Schlafly, but John, um, you know, an, another way to think of it, as you point out, is they don't really care even about the truth of it. Um, they care about having uh, data points in time that will be uh, seconded by the media and big tech as part of the narrative. I call I call my, my listeners are used to me. I call it the narrative machine. Uh, but, you know, in this case, you know, the big lie. That's one of the things that Jake Tapper of CNN has said is if you believe that the election was anything but perfect in 2020 you're subscribing to the big lie and that makes you not only wrong but a little bit seditious a little bit you know un-american and then by the way you probably caused the the great insurrection there's a military assault a paramilitary assault on the capital uh, near takeover of the government that's where we are john and so they don't really care about the trial right they care about another data point to drag before how does it backfire i mean is it possible that uh, donald trump gets to present evidence Evidence in such a way that he could what uh, show that it was nothing more than a few out of hand people or there was Black Lives Matter people. I mean, I don't want to ever I don't want to ever minimize anything. But it became clear again today that one of the people who died, one of the officers who died, died from suicide. I think that's the second or maybe third after the thing, not from the attack, but from other issues that, you know, I bet I, I, my point here is it's a data point. We said we heard five people died. We have yet to hear how people died. We No one has identified the shooter of the woman who was shot. She may have been shot, justified. She was trying to go in a window, I guess. But nobody's told us that. But my point, John, is it's just data points. Forget a show trial. It's like the show narrative for the American people. And tell me, it's, tell me why it's not effective. 
Well, now, I think we do know that the woman, the poor woman, Ashley Babbitt, was shot by a Capitol Police officer. It's true. We don't know the person's name. They haven't released that or other. Well, we don't know the facts or we don't know the facts around it. Yeah. I mean, usually when there's a shooting, right, if it was uh, if it was in Milwaukee and there was a shooting by an officer of a woman in a protest, we would have heard by now the name of the officer, whether he or she was suspended, what the reasons were, the rationale. I mean, we would have gotten something more than we had gotten now. Right, but you you ask about the supposed trial of Trump. If it happens, you know, Trump cannot be tried about, about what happened to Ashley Babbitt or what happened to the people who... Uh, entered the Capitol on January the 6th. He was, because Trump wasn't there. And he, his, he can only, it seems to me, he could only be tried for what he said. And, uh, you know, it's the content of what President Trump said in his speech. Uh, his speech lasted, I think, an hour and 15 minutes. I listened to it. There was nothing wrong with his speech. It was a wonderful speech. And there was nothing in his speech. First of all, no one should be tried for what they say anyway, unless it was under the Brandenburg versus Ohio test. It is an imminent incitement of imminent uh, harm to others. And, of course, there was nothing imminent about Trump's speech. Uh, there was too much time and space that separated Trump's speech and what happened at the Capitol a mile and a half away. It's just absurd to uh, blame Trump for any of that. And, and yet what they're trying to do, Ed, as you know, is to say that raising questions about irregularities in the 2020 election was enough. And once Trump said, as he did, that he believed that he actually won the election, that that was enough to set off uh, people separated by time and space to move on to the Capitol. And, you know, there's never been any, I don't think there's been any case in American history which has uh, linked uh, words and actions from different people that were so far removed in time and space. And yet that seems to be what they're trying to do. Hmm. It's um, it, but but and back to uh, and back to my point though, John. Uh, real quickly, I just have a minute left. And it's John Schlafly. His column is over at uh, townhall.com, our sister site, but also available phillyschlafly.com archived. Just a minute left, John. But I, I, the fear I have is you can win the facts, the argument, the law. You just did, but it doesn't matter. The narrative, the the, the narrative machine is 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 convincing the American people of something, and I don't know if you can unring that. Can you? Well, that is true, Ed, and yet, uh, poll after poll, article after article shows that it's the Trumps, the people who voted for Trump and supported Trump are only being hardened and and confirmed in their beliefs. That support for President Trump has not gone down since this happened. And uh, just today, the New York Times had an article about how in the state of Pennsylvania, or I should say the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, um, the, the, the support for Trump is stronger than ever. And the ele- among Republicans, that is. And among right, right. all elected Republicans, you're either with Trump or you have no future in the Republican Party. And hmm. uh, state after state is showing that. And that is not what the yeah. narrative was intended to accomplish, but that's what really happened. 
Well, uh, John, tell me before I finish, where was that? Was that a, a, a recent poll or was that a, where was that? T- I didn't hear the source of that. Well, that was today's New York Times. And they, oh, they okay. cited Congressman Scott Perry. Oh, gotcha. As a good example of I that. Gotcha. And, and uh-huh. Scott Perry, you know, this is the second time. They've, of course, Scott Perry is a wonderful uh, member of Congress who we helped elect back in 2012, I think it was. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, the, this is the second hit piece on him by the New York Times because they, uh, he, he was, uh, he had something to do with attempting to get the Justice Department to look into, uh, the irregularities in the presidential election. And uh, as if that was a terrible thing that he did. No, that was a good thing that he did. And it's just unfortunate that the Justice Department did not follow through on what a member of Congress asked it to do, which he had a perfect right to do. It is. Um, it is. Uh, that's right. He is a great guy. I see it now. I see that piece. I'll put it up on social media for our folks. All right, John, I got to run. John Schlafly, everybody, over at phyllisschlafly.com. All of his pieces are archived and also townhall.com. His column each week is a must read. It's pastor. used to be passed around the White House. I, I don't think this Biden White House passes it around quite as much, John, but uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll send it in to somebody. May Susan Rice, maybe she needs something to, uh, to uh, target. Anyway, John Schlafly, thanks very much, John. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, you can hear all these interviews with John Schlafly and others over at ProAmericaReport.com. You can get them over there. We'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I think it was a year or two ago we had Dr. Robert Jeffress. He's the senior pastor over at First Baptist Church in Dallas on the program. He's uh, someone who is, uh, he's, he's a Fox News contributor. He's been, uh, I, I, the last five or seven years in particular, his profile as a leading uh, pastor, Christian pastor across the country has kind of grown and grown and grown. I've seen him there. And he's got a new devotional, A Place Called Heaven, uh, that's coming out just in these weeks. And I wanted to get him on to talk about that and also talk about uh, sort of uh, where life is after uh, four years of President Trump. So welcome, Dr. Jeffers. How are you today, sir? Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to be here. So how do you feel? A guy like you, you lead a massive congregation. I don't know, almost 15,000 folks. And you probably have a lot of people that woke up after Election Day and certainly after Inauguration Day and said, man, I thought we were making a, a direction in the right way. We're in the right direction. It seems like it's changed. How do you make us feel better? Well, first of all, I, I preached a message that was on our Pathway to Victory broadcast last week on how Christians should respond to President Biden. And look, uh, nobody was more disappointed than I was in the election. But I told our people, even though the occupant of the Oval Office has changed, the occupant of the throne of heaven hasn't changed. God is still in <laughs> right. control. He's in authority. He has a plan. But, you know, having said that, I think we're getting ready to enter some choppy waters. The church is going to have to stand strong. I just had an op-ed at Fox News released uh, about an hour or two ago on Biden's uh, hypocrisy and overturning the Mexico City policy that would allow taxpayers to fund abortions in uh, international countries. And uh, look, I think we have to get ready for that. And uh, there's going to be more and more of that. But the church can shine brightly, especially in the darkness. Well, we're talking with uh, Dr. Robert Jeffress, who is the pastor, as I mentioned, and, and Pathway to Victory. 
victory. PTV.org. PTV.org is the website you can find. Tell us about this devotional, because I do think one thing I found, uh, Pastor, about six months ago, maybe eight months ago, I started doing a weekly prayer call with our Eagle leaders and others, and it grew. People are hungry, even as they worry about stuff. As you know, it's your life's work, and they're hungry for uh, for more nourishment than even Fox News or than the uh, television, for sure. So tell us about this devotional and why it's important, why it's out now. Well, it's called A Place Called Heaven, uh, devotional, 100 Days of Living in the Light of Eternity. And it's based on my original book, A Place Called Heaven, a couple of years ago, which became an instant national bestseller. And the publisher said then, what if we turn this into a devotional? People could spend five minutes a day for 100 days just thinking about heaven and meditating <laughs> on what awaits them. Little did we know when this came out, the week that it came out last week, we'd be in the middle of a global pandemic and a political civil war. But I think uh, right. right now people are hungry for some hope. And uh, this book uh, provides that to think about heaven. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis said, you know, the problem with most Christians is not that we think too much about heaven, but we think too little <laughs> of it. And he said the Christians who have been most effective in this world are those who think most about the next world. So I think this is a needed dose of hope right now. We're talking with Dr. Robert Jefferson. Again, it's a place called Heaven Devotion. That's out just in these last weeks. Um, you, you, you mentioned uh, that um, uh, we need it right now in the pandemic and all. One thing that I think that's really hard uh, for Americans right now is we keep feeling and maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe it's a, I think it's a false hope that somebody's going to save us, meaning President Trump is going to save everything and do it. He did a heck of a lot. Well, Joe Biden ran for president. A lot of what he was saying is I'm going to fix the pandemic. He's gotten in and realized it's not a fix. And by him being a, a new president. And I think people are kind of a lot of the scientists, you know, said, oh, this is going to work. That's going to work. This isn't. We just learned that, that life is life. And uh, in that moment, I think it, it, that's the moment that maybe it's an opening, right? It's an opening for the Lord to do his work. On the other hand, there's a lot of desperation, a lot of suicide, a lot of self-harm. It, it, and that's that feels more present than ever. It is. And I think people through this pandemic have had to come to terms with their own mortality. I mean, it's just a few weeks ago, my wife said, you know, we've got to get our cemetery plots. We don't have a place to be buried. So we went and bought cemetery <laughs> plots. I mean, that's hardly wow. the kind of date I was looking for. But that will really make you realize your life is limited. Now, the truth is, most of us aren't going to die from the pandemic, but we're going to die for something. And I think you're exactly right. This is a great chance when people are hungry, people are fearful to show them the way to hope, the way to not be fearful of eternity and this book a place called heaven devotional a lot of people are using it as a gift to non-christians to not just tell them about heaven but also to tell them about the only way to heaven through faith in jesus christ again we're talking with uh, our, our friend dr robert jeffress uh who is the uh, pastor and on the website by the way i like to say the website a lot ptv.org ptv.org you can go there and see a lot of what they're doing his pathway magazine uh his own writings and in particular we're talking about a place called Heaven Devotional, this new devotional out just uh, this month. Uh, Pastor Jeffers, have you, have you heard from President Trump? I, I kind of feel like the, the media, social media shut him down so dramatically. We went yeah. from Donald Trump all day long, every day, and now we hear nothing. I kind of, I wonder about him. I don't think I worry about him. He doesn't seem like he needs my worry, but I wonder. 
Well, I talked to him a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, right before he left office. He called me from Air Force One, and he uh, was doing great. Very, He's the most resilient human being I know. And we talked about the last four years, and I said, Mr. President, we will be eternally grateful to you. You have been the most pro-life, pro-religious liberty president in our history. And I think we're especially, over these next four years, going to appreciate President Trump even more as he's put into place at least a backstop uh, in these court appointments from some of this radicalism that we're facing right now. Well, and, and we're talking with Dr. Jeffress. You know, and I said something different about it. I want to ask you what your thoughts, because I'm not a pastor and you are. We're talking with Dr. Robert Jeffress and uh, and his uh, his new devotional is called A Place Called Heaven Devotional. Go to ptv.org and find out how to give and how really to be a part of the community uh, that he builds and continues building. Um, I, I, I maintain that Donald Trump, as a candidate and as president, he challenged our priorities. He said, you know, you seem to say you love America, but you're not putting Americans first. You seem to say that you love uh, helping different people, but you're not kind of forgiving. You're not you're not challenging. Not everybody in Team America isn't being lifted right now. You're picking winners and losers. And I, I think he challenged our priorities. And when someone challenges your priorities in one area, it's an opening in another area. And so my my thought here is my argument has been, you know, we always ask for say to the Lord, give us a, a great an, another great awakening. Right. But it, sometimes you got to have a shock to your priorities to say, wait, I'm off balance here. You know, maybe mm-hmm. people say sometimes hit bottom or whatever. I think President Trump did that. And actually, I wonder, and I, the Lord's plan is obviously more more full than mine. But in my my thoughts of the Lord's plan is Donald Trump needed to do four years. He didn't need to do eight. And maybe not for him, especially because he shook us up. And now we got to adjust our priorities. Well, I'll tell you this. A reporter asked me, do you have any regrets now about supporting President Trump? I have no regrets whatsoever. It was the right thing to do. I will always be grateful for his service to our country and will always count him as a friend. And I continue to pray for him. And I think we ought to pray for Joe Biden. I mean, the scripture tells us in First Timothy 2, we're to pray for all those in authority, not just the ones that we voted yeah. for. And, you know, Paul said specifically, pray for government that we can lead our Christian lives and quietness and dignity. Translation, pray that government will leave us alone to practice our faith. That's about <laughs> the best prayer for government. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Uh, Pastor uh, uh, Pastor Jeffers, uh, Dr. Robert Jeffers, again, is with us. And uh, PTV.org is the website and a place called Heaven Devotional. All right, one last question. The, um, the, the, the You mentioned a civil war, and you mentioned the sort of at, people at each other. It feels like, uh, I, I talk a lot about my feelings. I know, but it's I observe it. People are 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 more willing to be uncharitable to each other in social media, online and maybe just in modern in the modern world. Is that am I wrong on that? You know, you've been around. You've, no, heard, you've been think, working I, with people. I, I think for, that's true. I think they have more tools to do that with today than they've ever <laughs> had before. And uh, look, we need to do everything we can to be peacemakers. Jesus said, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. And uh, I think we've got to be peacemakers. But the only way I think to have peace and unity in our country is to respect the rights of other people to be wrong. I mean, we've got to get rid of this cancel culture that says you can't express anything I find objectionable. That doesn't foster unity. It uh, fosters diversity and hard feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pastor uh, Jeffers. I'd say this. I, I really appreciated your willingness to be publicly uh, so, uh, uh, you know, supportive of the president. 
president through thick and thin. And even now, I think I'm sure it wasn't always at no cost and probably at a high cost at times. And so I think uh, I hope the Lord protected you and will continue to do it. And, and again, the book, uh, new book, A Place Called Heaven Devotional. Go to PTV.org to learn more, more about that and find ways to be a part of uh, Pastor Jeffers' uh, work in his community and get that uh, devotional. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll come back uh, in a moment. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com and listen to all these interviews. Be back in a moment. Uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back. Be right back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, continuing that legacy, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Many millions of Americans were shocked by the outcome of the 2020 presidential elections, to put it mildly. Those millions now feel disillusioned with the very system by which Americans pick our leaders. We have legitimate concerns about election fraud which have never been addressed or investigated. In fact, election fraud has hardly even been acknowledged. Whenever conservatives bring it up, we're laughed out of the room as conspiracy theorists. Election fraud is no laughing matter. Everyone admits that it happens, but the question is whether it happens enough to swing an election. Peter Navarro, who served as an assistant to the President of the United States under Donald Trump, wrote a first-hand account of how the election was stolen from his boss. In his report, that's entitled The Immaculate Deception, Navarro explains that, quote, This was theft by a thousand cuts across six dimensions and six battleground states, rather than any one single silver bullet election irregularity, end quote. For instance, a widower in Nevada testified that his deceased wife was alleged to have voted three and a half years after her death. In Michigan, an eyewitness recalled watching poll workers manually add ballots into the system from thousands of alleged voters who were born in the year 1900. In Pennsylvania, multiple poll workers reported seeing people vote multiple times by altering their appearances. In Georgia, the Trump legal team was able to amass a list of 70,000 ineligible voters who cast ballots in 2020. The Biden margin of victory in the Peach State was less than 12,000 voters. Think of that. Obviously, there was substantial outright fraud in the 2020 elections that deserves to be investigated. We also need to seek common sense election integrity legislation in every state right now. Laws should be put in place to require valid government picture IDs to vote. We need rules on the books to require that all voting machines be made in the United States. Republicans control the state legislatures in five out of the six contested states in the 2020 election. Every conservative can make sure our elections are not stolen again. Take action today. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Great to be back. Another great show. I hope you enjoyed uh, that interview. I, I ran it a second time, a recorded interview of Pastor uh, Jeffress, Dr. Uh, Jeffress from uh, down in Dallas. Uh, his new devotional, I'm sure, is great. But he's an inspiration, you know, in terms of being fearless and having a congregation that backs him up, which is important. So um, I just think that's wonderful. And I ran it again because I got some comments from folks uh, yesterday when they heard it. So great uh, stuff. All right. Let me finish up today. Um, I And this isn't exactly a window, what you need to do, but this is an example of what I've been telling you, how to, how to narrative bust, how to cut through uh, the fake news, the big tech and the left, what they're feeding you. And so here's the examples. I, I got two examples that I pulled up. One is the media is failing to cover the dramatic shift in how the world and America, in my opinion, the government of America, the Biden administration, is dealing with uh, President Xi and um, China, the Chinese the communist regime. Because what happened was President Xi went, I think, to Europe. I'm not sure where he went. It was I don't know if it was Davos or if it was one of the world forums. He gave a speech recently, basically, and uh, bragged on how uh, they're doing great and all. But here's the interesting thing. Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, who is the uh, sort of speaker of the, of the European Union. You know, she's the voice of the European Union, in part because Germany's so powerful, their economy's strong, stronger than others. And in part just because of the, the dynamic and the personality. Well, she, she <laughs> Merkel, uh, sided with Xi, Xi, the, the uh, president of uh, the communist Chinese regime, who said, he basically said, let's not have a cold war. Uh, let's not end up on the other side of things. Let, let's not, and she backed him up. So the German Chancellor Merkel said, yeah, that's right. We don't want to divide up into cold war camps and we want to be all together on the same side with China. What's that? I mean, at this point, the American people know, in part because President Trump showed them, but in part because we've seen it. We've seen the impact in our world. They know that we're not on the same side with China, communist regime. And my point here is the media is not covering this, right? There was a report. I don't know. Gordon Chang, I think, reported this. And, and, and let me say this. Gordon Chang unearthed this. It existed in the, in the world. You could have seen it. But a, a senior professor at one of the communist regime-controlled universities in China gave a speech uh, before the election and said, you know, as long as uh, Trump loses, we'll have total, we'll be able to really influence outcomes. We'll be able to make sure we can figure out how to get things done in Washington, D.C. That's what he said. Now, he could have been a poli-sci professor, you know, sort of rambling on what he thought. But the truth is that in China, in the communist regime, you don't get to have a lot of thoughts outside of what the communist regime tells you. That's not how it works. By the way, it may remind you of America, where increasingly you're not allowed to have thoughts outside of what the uh, narrative, the narrative machine tells you. That's my point. Where are the journalists, where are the people covering this dramatic shift in the rivalry between America and the communist regime and Europe? And when I say rivalry, I'm using their terms. We ought to call it a cold war. You know, President Xi, in, in, in asking that we not have a cold war mentality, he's acknowledging that one camp, the Donald Trump presidency, did think we had a cold war footing. And before we have a hot war, 
We ought to get our minds wrapped around a Cold War because it's a Cold War. So that's one example of how the narrative machine is knocking uh, us um, sideways and not giving us a chance to see what's going on. Another one, another way the narrative machine is is slowly but surely trying to grind you down is the coverage, and it was referred to by John Schlafly earlier in the program. John Schlafly referred to the New York Times article about uh, a guy named, a congressman named Scott Perry. Scott Perry is a really good guy, really, really interesting guy, and he is... um, uh, a helpful conservative in the House of Representatives. When you're a young legislator, meaning not much seniority, you don't have a lot of pull. You know, you know, seniority matters in the House. But if you have a smart voice and you're savvy, you can make things move. Well, the New York Times is writing about Scott Perry as if he was again in the narrative machine, as if he was a part of some seditious coup. Right? Instead of an active legislator in, in a state where there's lots of you know concerns. As I tell people all the time, if if the if the narrative machine won't let you say that there are uh, that there's fraud and, and irregularities, just express what the the narrative machine allows, which is voters sometimes don't have confidence that the system works. That used to be true. I think it's. I think you'll hear conjecture from uh, Stacey Abrams about how African Americans don't believe that their vote counts and all that. So we want to work to have confidence. I've told you before that when I was chairman of the board of elections in St. Louis, the two things you have to do to run a good election is have a good system, work hard at it. It's not easy. And then number two, must have confidence in the system. That's a PR problem. And so we spend time talking to the Bosnian American community and the Vietnamese American community, sometimes putting into their languages. Uh, some of the materials so that they could uh, they ease, more easily deal with some of the changes in the system. Confidence matters in a system. So Scott Perry is now featured. I think it's the second time in the New York Times. Uh, John Schlafly referred to one early article. Congressman Perry from Pennsylvania, a junior member, but he's now positioned as somehow nefarious because he represents his, int- his uh, constituents' interests and because he has an opinion. Well, that's why you get elected to Congress, to have an opinion. That's the point. And now back to let me wrap this up because I'm running out of time. What I'm saying to you is that the narrative machine, examples of how we're being ill-served by the media are, are these kinds of things. Sometimes it's the dog that's not barking, as the old saying goes from the, uh, from the Sherlock Holmes uh, mysteries, you know, that, that should reveal something to you. And that's in this case. So those are two examples. I'll put them up on social media. Remember what I'm saying is, you know, this does link to the window. What you need to do is name the narrative machine, understand what they're doing to us, and then cut through it. And here's two examples of how you have to cut through it. All right, I've got to wrap things up. Let me say thank you, as always, to our great technical director, Noah, for doing a super job keeping the uh, keeping the show on track. Also to Joanna for booking these great guests. Got some great guests already lined up for next week, so uh, join us next week. Again, visit ProAmericaReport.com to get clued in on everything we're doing. ProAmericaReport.com. We'll be back next week. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Thanks for listening. America Report on The Answer, San Diego.